I think New Hope is pushing 21 years now. We've been doing this, and from day one, we have decided not to, our very best ability, not to waver from the Word of God, not get caught up in various things that are going on through the so-called Christian community. And so I have another practical Word of God for you this morning, but I want to encourage our ladies. Ladies, we are starting up that Bible study again, like it was announced to you. I think it's coming up a week from Tuesday. Or it is this Tuesday coming, week from Tuesday. A week from Tuesday, okay? A lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of prayer is in this to give you a good, solid Word of God. And so I encourage you. In fact, the man to man was fired up and started up because of the stirring that we've seen in the ladies and the attendance of the ladies coming. So when we kind of cut that off for the summer, to just give you break and summer and school's out and all that, sometimes it's hard to jumpstart that. Again, don't do it. This study on the mind is essential. The mind is the playground for the enemy. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? But it's the mind that pollutes the heart. And so come with the Word of God as your shield and sword and protector for this uh, important Bible study that will last at least nine months or so, please. Okay. Let me ask Tom. I'm going to ask Tom Moore if you would come here, please, and at least ask the Lord's blessing upon the service, the Word of God. It's on. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we just praise you and thank you this morning, Lord, for who you are. Not so much for what you've done for us, Lord, but for being the mighty God that you are and, and being able to, to take care of every situation in every life. Lord, and we just ask that uh, we invite you to be here this morning with us as we uh, take part of your word. And Father, we just ask for anointing upon Pastor Joe as he brings forth the word, the message today. Lord, that he would bring it forth with power and might. And Father, we just pray for each and every individual in this room, Lord, that they would be prepared to hear what you have to say. And not only hear it, Lord, but be able to apply it in their lives to accomplish many things for your kingdom. And we give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tom. You may be seated. When the Lord put it in my heart's desire to do this, I'd never had all before we start. We did find a set of keys laying in the sanctuary floor. It's a Chrysler key and a Ford key and a sheets card. But yes. I thought someone gave me a car. <laughs> but the scripture that the Lord gave us was fear you've left the simplicity that is found in Christ. And just as I am bombarded to go the ways of the Christian world as far as church growth and various movements that are supposed to be going on and revivals and all this various stuff, it wears on you. It's like a constant uh, tsunami or a constant hurricane that beats at you and you have to stand firm. Well, I believe that also happens individually. That the enemy comes along. There's been so many people throughout the years of my saved life that have got caught up in some foolishness and you can't get them back. You truly can't get them back. And so this morning's uh, message is kind of entitled Signs. I'm not sure what to, what to actually call this thing. And I believe in the miraculous. 
and I desire the miraculous, and I long for the miraculous. Okay, but if it's something that I do or I um, kind of uh, um, try to produce, then it's not miraculous. It's something I have done. So the miraculous can only be done by Him who is miraculous. Almighty God. And if He decides to knock us off flat today, so be it. You'll know it was Him. If He decides to show up in some thick cloud, if He decides to do whatever you hear going on, it'll be Him and not us. It'll be Almighty God. And and so as I long for the miraculous, there's also a dangerous side to this. Joshua 24.17 simply states, For the Lord our God, He it is that brought us up out and our fathers out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, in which did those great signs in our sight. God can do great signs and has done great signs. And he has preserved us in all the way wherewith we went, and among all the people through whom we passed. Great signs, miraculous signs, supernatural signs. God has done, Joshua has declared. Daniel 4.3 says this, How great are His signs! They are. And I'm bringing these Scriptures out to let you know that I'm firmly, 100%, believing in the great, miraculous, and wonderful, and powerful, and supernatural signs that God can do and display at any time that He wants. Daniel says, How great are His signs, and how mighty are His wonders! His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And His dominion is from generation to generation. Generation to generation. We pray for healings. We pray for various things that go on. We'll continue to pray for them. Now, with all that said, I also believe that the American church, the American Christian church, the believers are close to, if not already, are ODing on signs. ODing on signs. It's absolutely dangerous. Dangerous to your walk. Dangerous to where you're going to spend eternity if you OD on these signs. If you run after them and hunger after them and, and only serve God for them. And when you hear, ooh, ooh, what's going on over there? And so you run over there. Now, I recently was told that Texas, is some part in Texas, they have the speed limit up to 85 miles an hour. I mean, that's, that is amazing. I don't know if I ever did 85 miles an hour. I just don't. I don't remember going ever 85 miles an hour in a car. But can you imagine? That's legal. Just like these signs are of God. They're legal, if you want to say. He confirms them with His Amen. It's not wild doctrine. It's true. Just like the 85 miles an hour in Texas is true. But if you ignore all the other signs, when you're doing 85 miles an hour, such as slow down, curve, coming. If you just go, ah! What do you think? You think there's going to be some danger? Do you think there's going to be some uh, consequences of you ignoring all other signs? Bridge closed. Ah! Dead end. Ah. And so you say, well, it's legal. 85. Just like the signs of Almighty God are legal because He says so. But I believe the American church is ODing on them. And I believe your salvation comes in jeopardy. Many have, have fallen to this, bit on this, and you can't get them to see. 
So uh, Proverbs 25, 16 says this. Now listen, it says, Hast thou found honey? You know, sweet, good-tasting honey? Some like it in their tea. Some like it on their toast. Hast thou found honey? Question mark. Eat so much as sufficient for thee, lest thou be filled therewith and vomit it. Every one of us, baby, you know, we're going into the holiday seasons. You're thinking of that dirt, turkey feast, man, and you're like preparing it or waiting to come to it. You're, you're seeing it on the table and, and then about after 18 minutes of eating, you're going, oh my gosh. Wait, that's what this is saying. It's good for you. It's great. It's there. It's sweet to the taste. He says, but if you overdo it, if you OD on this honey, you're going to vomit it. And a lot of the church is doing that today. And this silly and nonsense stuff that's going on. And I'm not even talking about any particular thing. I'm talking about your individual study of the Word of God. And how you see God and how you are altered by what you hear as you look at the Word of God. Signs are all around. Danger. Dangerous intersection. Proverbs 25, 27 goes on and tells us, it is not good to eat much honey. Man, I do want the miraculous. I do want the powerful moves of God to come where anybody and everybody in this church, from the non-believer to the believer, is shook to the very core. But I want God to do it. We need God to do it. Our nation is hungry spiritually starving for a true, real, honest-to-goodness move from God. Not what the church has been portraying in the church meeting us as maybe groups and us as an individual. You have people all around you in the neighborhood. And if you're a Christian that's acting so silly on every silly thing, everybody in the neighborhood knows you're silly. If our walk is based more on outward signs, it seems to burn God. It seems to, to row God up about this. That you don't simply believe who He is by faith and you are loving, uh, in love with Him because of that. What He's done for you. Matthew 16.3 says this, And in the morning, you might have done that this morning, it will be foul weather today. Or yesterday was a good day for that. For the sky is red and lowering. Oh, ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Listen to what God says here. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. I want the miraculous. I want the power, but I'm not going to seek that because it is dangerous to seek that. You must understand this. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he let them, he left them and departed. Adulterous, an adulterous generation seeks after the signs and not the sign giver. An adulterous generation, that means an un, unfaithfulness. And the American church is unfaithful. Occasionally, every once in a while, I'll bump into a pastor and just did the other day. And it's always the same story about the unfaithfulness of the people of God, how they're uncommitted to the house of God, to the things of God, to the work of God. Because it's an adulterous generation just looking for all the gold and glitter, the options of what God can do. God says, man, a wicked, an adulterous generation. It's a disloyalty is what that word 
If I was an adulterous person upon my wife, it would be considered unfaithful. Unfaithfulness. Disloyal. And another word was two-timing. We two-time on God. When we fall into this stuff, and every time I have seen people fall into it, and I have warned them, you are on a slippery slope. Matthew 24, 24 says, there shall arise false Christs. Do you understand that? Christ. That which you come to worship and to love and to learn from, they're false ones. Meaning that they can fake you out, trip you up, trick you. False Christ. And false prophets of those false Christs. Which is what I would be if I am prophesying about this false Christ that I am the false prophet of this false Christ. And they shall, grow, they shall show great signs and wonders. This is where the danger comes in. Where you must be sure and understand the Word of God. They're going to show great signs and wonders in so much that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. The very elect, the cream of the crop, the saved, the redeemed by God. And it can be possible if you get your face out of the book, out of the Word of God. Listen, false Christ and false prophets are all through the land called America and Ohio and Muskingum County and the city of Zanesville. They're all through, all through it, seeking. Signs. Well, I'm going to give you some signs. Okay, and the very first sign I'm going to give you, well, let's read the Scripture and you, maybe you can figure out the sign. If your children are of the age where they get the little book to study about driving, there's a bunch of pages on what? Signs. Apparently, people who don't know Christ or the Word of God, apparently or probably, Think it's absolutely essential for your child. It's going to take a 2,000 pound metal object on the highway from anywhere from 30 to 50 to 60 miles an hour. That it's absolutely essential that they understand what these signs are posted all over the roads. And so they test you on the signs. And if you miss enough of them, they said, you can't drive. And I'm kind of glad they do that. I wasn't all those years ago, but I'm glad now. First sign. John 8, 4 says this. They say unto him, Master, this woman is taken in adultery in the very act. Okay, and the Lord goes through all this talk about her. In verse 10, he goes, When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, as he was writing in the dirt, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man commended thee? She said, No man, Lord. She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Can anybody relate a sign possibly in that scripture? Okay, here's another one. Isaiah 116, you're failing your driver's test. Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings, from before my eyes, cease 
to do evil. Stop! Seek that sign in your walk. Go for that sign. God, what would you have me to stop in my life? Lord, what is displeasing to you? Lord, what is it that I'm heading for that is absolutely foolish and I don't see the signs because I'm going too fast? God says, neither do I condemn you. He says this to you, hey, but you better stop doing that. Stop signs. God puts all around you. Sometimes in the voice of the pastor. As I take the word or pastors take the word and show you or break it on a Sunday morning like this or individually. Stop. God says this isn't going to work. And you blow through just like the 85 mile an hour Texas speed limit. 85 miles an hour. I think I was on 16. Is that 16 where they built that big basket in Longaberg? Okay, and I think it's 60 miles an hour. Somewhere there. 60. And they have these lights way before the other lights. The real lights that you stop at. And these other lights say, when they start to flash, prepare to speed up! Right? So when they, as soon as you see that, you can't beat that light. And so I watch even as I get closer, and if I seen it didn't flicker, I'm safe. Because it tells you that there's a coming. Can you imagine going 85 miles an hour? And somewhere down the road is a little, I don't know, three by three octagon says stop sign. And you're going to see it in time. And so God has these stop signs all through the Word of God. But we're ODing on what we think is supernatural. It's supernatural for a sinner bent on hell to stop sinning. That's supernatural. That's a miracle to take someone, a lump of clay bent on evil, keep him straight for 38 years is a miracle. You're going, yeah, great, whoopee. It, it is. It just shows you how bad, how weird we look at things. It's an absolute miracle. A miracle. You're going, ah, show me a foot that grows. Really, what, that's where we're at. John 5.14 says, Afterwards, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more. Here's a sign for you. Stop. Listen to what it says. Lest a worse thing come unto thee. Now look, if I'm driving 85 miles an hour and I'm just booking it, and I'm coming up to an intersection and I'm just going, ah, I'm going to go through it. No one can, no one sees me. And God says, stop, let's say, worst thing comes to you. And you know that we always think that what shouldn't or couldn't probably won't happen happens. People die all the time taking risks. Especially in cars, blowing past signs. And God says right here, I'm telling you, sin no more, let's say, worst thing come upon thee. And so his stop signs are all over, and God tells you, no, you hold it, you better back off. This is not right. And you blow right through. A lot of times you blow through some, some intersection, some hairy, crazy cross turn or something, and you think, yeah. 
And you think it's okay because you did it once or twice or ten times. Or a hundred. So you blow through all the stop signs and then a worse thing happens. Stop signs all over the place. 1 Corinthians 15.34 says, Awake to righteousness. Awake to it and sin not. Stop. Awake to righteousness. Righteousness is simply doing what is right. Do what is right and sin not, he says. With your life, do what is right. How do you know what's right when you get behind a 2,000-pound metal box? How do you know what's right? Because there are laws. And they give you the book. Blinking red means you got to stop. Blinking yellow means you better look. Green is okay. You have a book that has it all through the Word of God, what is not right and what is right. And when you go outside the Word of God, you're in error. You're in error. I don't care what it looks like. Romans 6.12 says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Don't let sin have its way in your body. Stop that! Is what the Word of God says. And your normal answer is, I'm not hurting anybody. It's my own body. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. I've known of people that get caught up in all this stuff that you hear throughout. I don't even know if it's going on, but years ago it was uh, glitter in the hands or gold in the hands or uh, feathers and all this kind of stuff. Get, Get caught up in all these signs where they're nowhere in the Word of God. Nowhere in the Word of God. Nowhere in the Word of God. Yet, I had someone show me, and yes, I saw it with my own eyes in the hands. And I had such an evil feeling come upon me. And I said, you better stop! You better run from this! Because it's not of God! You can think, how can you say that? Show it to me. Show it to me. Show it. This is what God has given us to run our lives from. Anything outside it is error. We don't even got this down. Anything outside it. And this was outside that. That's why I said, oh man, you better run, run, run. Didn't run. Life hit the wall, splattered all over the place. We always give you that little catchy saying. Let me get it right. If it's new, it's not true. If it's true, it's not new. We've had this forever. Had this all my life. Haven't you had it all your life? If it's new, God's doing a new. No, no, no. Man, just just get this. Get this. Just stay within the confines of the Word of God, the borders, the protection of the Word of God. You go outside of that, 
you're going 85 miles an hour, lights are warning, blinking, people are screaming and stopping, and you're just going, I can make it. I can beat the train. So a stop sign. God's screaming stop to you, you better stop. Even if you don't even see anything, you better stop. And if I'm screaming stop this morning, then maybe God wants some of you to stop whatever you're doing. Here's another sign. It's called yield. Yield. Romans 6.13 says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now, a few years back, they closed down that one crazy yield right as you're going towards the maple exit. You're heading 70, you're going to town, you're going over the bridges. Uh, Underwood, you've already passed that one. Then there came up one that would come up and they're supposed to either yield to come on 70 or they go right on to Maple. You remember that? That was insane. That was the most craziest, dangerous place in our area. Why was that? No one yielded. They just figured it was their right. Whether you were in an 18-wheeler, 50,000 gross pound truck, they just thought in their little Volkswagen they had a right. And so everybody would, would go because they wouldn't yield. We've had people in here wreck at that area. When I would get within a half mile of that, I'm looking around, okay, these big guys, these big trucks are supposed to go to the left if they want to go through. So they're all starting to pile over there to the left, and you know they're slowing down. The last thing I want to do is go to that crazy place with one of them guys beside me. There's nowhere for me to go. So I either just back off, and it looked too bad, I just get off Underwood. God says, yield. Do not yield. Do not give way to sin. Don't you yield your members as instruments of righteousness. Don't give way to it. Don't yield to it. Yield to me. And it's as if God said, no, no, get off Underwood. Get off Underwood. I mean, no way. I'm getting off Maple. Because it was a little bit of a pain to get off Underwood. Where if you just make it to the Maple part, you're right there on Maple. And so there's always that danger. And that word yield means to give way. Listen, it means to relinquish what you hate to do. Listen to this, what it means to Hand over. Hand it over to God. Things that you're into, circumstances, situations, you made them worse because you didn't hand them over to God. Or at best, if you let Him drive, you stayed in the front seat going, no, turn that way. No, turn this way. No, turn that way. God says, don't. Yield. Don't give way. Don't relinquish. Don't hand over your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. I believe it has to do with church attendance, whether you like that or not. Because God says, don't forsake the assembly. And God says, you receive faith. And you're stirred by hearing the Word of God. And you hear the Word of God by faith, by faith, by coming and hearing a preacher preach the Word of God. And it stirs inside of you when you don't. Then you're dry, you're empty on that stuff, and you're just trying to negotiate life on your own. Insane. 
That'd be like me. Never been on a boat, never been on a ship, don't like water, went on a cruise, went to the captain's office and said, hey, I'll take over. I want to be in control of my own life. You scare me. I'm taking over. That'd be insane. My own family would rebel against that. And they should. The psalmist says in Psalm 19.13, Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. God, keep me back. Don't let me get through. Stop me from doing it, Lord, when I'm not thinking right. Thinking it's going to be okay. It's, it's going to be okay, man. Just follow me. I've shot through that intersection for the last two years. No cop. No one ever saw me. It takes one little incident and it's worse. Absolutely worse. Keep back thy servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright. Then shall I be upright. Then shall I be upright, God. Please, Lord God. And I shall be innocent from the great transgression. That's miraculous when God takes magnets to sin and keeps sin off of them. It's awesome. Yield. Relinquish. Don't relinquish it over to the enemy, but relinquish it over to God. God, I have messed up my life. I've wrecked so many times. I've hit so many other cars. I've killed people. Please take over. Relinquish. Yield it. You give it over to God. We know that James' great word says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. You see, the rest of that scripture is resist the devil and he'll flee. We like to resist the devil, but not submit to God. But that's the whole verse. If you want to get victory over the enemy, you have to submit to God. He handles the devil. You can't. Submit to God. Yield. Be ready. Be ready to give it to God. Everything. Everything. Because you can't do anything. You might think, well, that was nasty to say. No, that's what the Word of God says. You and I can't do a thing without God. <clears throat> a third sign, which I've kind of mentioned a little bit, is dead end. No outlet. Have you ever seen that in a car? You're kind of ever you get lost somewhere and you're just driving, you think, oh man, I'll turn it. I can't do that. It's a dead end. I know that ain't taking me anywhere. It'd just be a waste of time if I went down that road. Or do you say, No, I know more than a sign. That's not a dead end. Follow me. And you're like, next thing you know, you're going, mm -hmm. maybe you don't think that's a dead end. That is. A, and so there are dead ends all through life that people take. And you merely hold hands, husband and wife, and you're going down a dead end. No outlet. No way out. Signs all over. And you act like you're going to be the first one to, to do it. Or that you know more than this. From child raising to dating to marriage to finances to church coming to serving God, all of it. I'll give you directions. Come to my house. Take the first dead end. I'll see you Tuesday at seven. You never show up. Proverbs fourteen twelve says, "There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death." It's a dead end. There's nothing there. There's no life there. It's going to come to an end. A screeching halt. 
Proverbs 21.16 says, The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. There's hordes of people milling around a dead end. Not knowing what to do. What do we do? I guess this is life. I don't know what. When repenting is turning around and getting out of the dead end. Proverbs is the book of wisdom. All through it says, get with all thy getting, with all thy unction, get wisdom, get understanding. You wander out of the way of that, you're on a dead end. Dead end. It's a dead end. I don't care if you're at the pinnacle of money making, you're driving the car you want, you're living in the place you want, you got everyone calling for you. It's a dead end. Sooner or later, it's a dead end. It is a dead end. Not sooner or later, it's a dead end. I don't care if it says eight miles. If it says dead end, you're coming to a dead end. I know we've got this man's disease, but when I make a wrong turn, especially on the interstate, and you've got to drive like six, seven, eight, maybe ten miles to get to the next, it burns me. Because it's all waste of gas, waste of time, waste effort. All the time you're going, it's stupid. I've got to go back there. Just... And you see that no U-turn, you're like, oh, did you make a wrong turn? It's a wasted life. Lot wasted his life. I don't know if Lot made it or not. Maybe he did. But he wasted his life. He wasted his children. He vexed his soul with their filthy conversations because he chose to live in a dead end. People do that all the time. The ones that stun me the most are the ones that hear the truth and still say, no, nah, I'm going to live on dead end street. I'm going to live where there's no outlet, no life in the future. Proverbs 11.19 says, As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. To his own death. The Word of God's cool, is it? Isn't it not? I mean, you ever go to MapQuest and spit out the MapQuest thing? Oh my gosh. It's better just go like this. And figure out your directions. Map quest, it's like back out of your driveway, make a left, go right to the make a left at the make a left. It's like, geez, I, it's insane just to get to 70. And I pass it every day. Right? Righteousness tendeth to life. Even if it's cut short. If your life is cut short in half, you only live 20 years, but it was to righteousness, you have eternal life. This is not life. This life can be a pain. Righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. His own death. I can scream, I can holler, and stand in front of you, you can mow me over. No, no, no. And you're gone. It's to your own death. Pursuing evil is a dead end. And pursuing evil has a lot of stuff you cannot tell. A lot of camouflage, a lot of makeup, a lot of muscles from the guys, a lot of coolness, a lot of sweetness. Oh, she so has a lot of stuff you can't see but these natural eyes. And it's death. Death. As soon, as soon, as soon, if I catch wind, as soon, as soon, as soon, as soon as I hear one of our single fellows or girls are getting interested, 
I turn into uh, Sherlock Holmes. Who is he? Where is he? Where is he from? What's he believe? I mean, why not? Absolutely. And most of the time, you don't want to hear it anyway. And then when you don't want to hear it, then I walk away and I think, oh, man, oh, it's too late. I've come home and told Ruth it's too late. There's not even a planned date for marriage. There's not even talk. I say it's too late. Hook, line, and sinker. You're not going to hear what a word I say. Because when we pursue evil, we get caught up in it. We're hooked by it. It's too late. You don't even see the signs. Or you don't pay attention to it. Okay, as we wind this thing down, another one is the dangerous intersection, which I've kind of nailed on that one over and over and over. Joel 3.14 says, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near. In the valley of decision, there's multitudes, multitudes at these intersections that need people with their heads, spiritual heads screwed on right, with their eyes focused on God, saying, follow, follow me. I mean, I just went to Columbus and I was in this ER hospital I'm hardly ever at. Finally saw the person walking out, bumped into someone else that I knew, which was strange, but they said, do you understand that 70's closed? To get back on east from here, 70's closed. And I went, oh, no. Because I know exactly how to, to get onto 70 and just shoot that way. And a person's going on making this thing. I think as you get 670, no, it's east, and it's it was was just confusing me like crazy. And I said to the person, um, are you going home soon? And the person, nah, I work till nine. Because it was almost to the point where I'll just follow you. And that's what this dying, lost world needs, people to follow. They're following them now, just following the wrong people. And you have the words of life in you. Dangerous intersections. You just need to say, okay, come on. Come on. When people are coming and don't know where we live sometimes from family members from far away. We'll say, okay, we'll meet you right here. You can just follow me home. And when they get there, they go, oh, that was easy. The last sign is the rest area, which we all love to see sometimes if we're traveling on the road for a long time. Hebrews 4.11 says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Not just rest, but that rest. This rest. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Unbelief. You can find rest for your soul in the Word of God. I was praying last night for the church again, and I was saying, Lord, let it be a haven of rest. Let it be a port in the storm where they come and they can get a whole idea. The name of the church all those years ago was to give people who have no hope, new hope, or had hope and it was broken or whatever, betrayed, new hope. Which is Jesus, the blessed hope. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Remember the peace, he says, not as the world gives. You can find the rest area that the world gives and it will be jam-packed. 
with parties and booze and people and stuff. You'll see the rest area that God gives. There might be two cars in there. And because there's only two, you think, must not be any good. He says, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. The world's dumb. We would walk into hospice or try to walk into hospice, and they would not let us. And their answer was, why do you want to walk in here? I want to pray with people, tell them about God. I said, people are dying in here. That was their answer. That's the world. Educated people. Listen, God says this in Exodus 33. And he said, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. God will. He will bless you with rest. Jeremiah eleven seven says this, for I earnestly protested unto your fathers. Listen what, listen what the word says. God telling Jeremiah to say this to the people. So this is Jeremiah's voice, but God's words. For I earnestly protested unto your fathers in the day that I brought them up out of the land of Egypt, even unto this day, rising early and protesting, saying, Obey my voice. You see, so we're made of the same dirt. Just obey God's voice. Worked in my household this way. My children obeyed over little things. They'd get to do the big things. And it works that way with God. God says, faithful over little. Be faithful over the stop signs. Be faithful over the yields. Stop giving yourself the nonsense, wasted time. Stop going down these dead ends. Enter into my rest. Faithful over the little. That's how I'll make you faithful over the big. Over the supernatural. Over the miraculous. Over the power of God. My children come of age. Showed themselves responsible. And faithful. And as frightening. And as scary as I was as father. But hand the keys over. Okay. With everything rushing through, knowing what could happen. And they're not thinking of that. But okay, take this two-ton car. My dad would always tell me, it's like a loaded pistol. And my dad meant with the hammer cocked back. When you set it down, it'll go off. That's what that car is right. You better treat it like that. It's the power of God. We've got to treat it holy. We've abused it in our land. We've made money from it, mocked it, and it's almost a joke. God is looking for a people that he can trust to display his power in these last days. People that will obey the stop sign. Obey the stop sign. Obey it. Then if you're in farm country and you know there's no one coming, God's at that stop sign. God has busted me on this so many times. Driving, maybe even in a hurry. Got to do a funeral. Actually, this just happened. Funeral, okay? Driving behind Granny. 
55. Granny's doing 41. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'll get there in time. It's true. I was heading to Dresden. I'm going, lines go, and I'm around Granny, okay? And I'm finally getting close to where I want. Time looks good. I'm doing good. Okay, finally pull in, hit that first stop light, and just waiting a little bit, watching people walk back, thinking, praise God, I'm so glad I got here on time. Look in the mirror, and what do you think I see? Did it ever happen to you? Can you admit we're dumb as dirt? Please, I tell God that all the time. God, I'm dumb. Dirt is dumb, Lord, and you made me from dirt. And Please, I just want to rely on you. I want to see your power. I want it to be displayed even in our church, God, but I want it to be holy and righteous, and I don't want to pollute and contaminate. Learn to stop. Learn to yield. Stay away from the dead ends. Watch those dangerous intersections that come up to our girls when they're 12 and 13 and 14, to our guys. On, let's stand. The last part of that Jeremiah verse, verse 8, says, After he screams, Obey my voice, he said, Yet they obeyed not, nor inclined their ear, but walked every one in the imagination of their evil heart. Therefore I will bring upon them all the words of this covenant which I commanded them to do, but they did them not. That's our M.O. That's people's M.O. From the time of Jeremiah to the time of the garden to the time of now, we just don't do what God asks us to do. Let's do that here. Let's do what God asks us to do. And listen, that would be miraculous. Supernatural. So as Lorraine pl plays some altar music, come to this altar and please just say, God, please open my eyes. Anoint them, Lord, so I see those signs. Tell God you don't trust yourself. You might not even know there's a sign there. Lord, please lead and guide my life according to the Word of God. Altars are open. Please take some time. We'll leave those supernatural things up to God. We want them. You display them. You bring them to pass, God. We'll declare them.